Pretend you're floating, everyone. <laughs> okay, we've just entered the spaceship. I want to welcome everyone to the Burning Down the House podcast. Zero gravity. <laughs> I'll be your captain tonight, Captain Daniel Minth, and I'm joined here by my co-host, Austin Regula, and joining remotely for the first time, Josh Fetzer. What up, dog? Yep. Yeah, so we're remote. Yeah, Josh is gone. This music he, is nice. He's um he's moved on to Mars. So that's why we're currently in the spaceship on our way to see him. Mars. Um that's right. And so this Coming will to be you live from the ISS. Yes, and this will be <laughs> the ISS. <laughs> this will be our first um our virtual podcast with Josh. Um so bear with us if there are any issues. Right now everything looks beautiful and perfect, but we all know that as soon as I go to edit it, it'll be a mess and make me want to die. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really feel about that way about all of it? Um, <laughs> I, I have um, I have no trust in Bluetooth. And right now, the way this is routed is my you're called into my cell phone, which is connected through Bluetooth to the roadcaster which is capturing the phone audio and routing our audio into the phone input. So, and it's working really great. I just, I have way too many terrible horror stories of when I thought Bluetooth was working and then I had nothing. Right. Yeah. I understand that. I can't, just, can't really add much to that. But. Yeah. Bluetooth sucks. I, I, um, uh, that was solidified today yeah, when I jokingly took the, uh, the, the practice a plus exam. And there were like four or five questions yeah. like related to like, hey, someone wants to do this. Should they use a Bluetooth connection? <laughs> like, no, they shouldn't. <laughs> the correct answer is no Bluetooth. Stay away. I mean, shit, it's even really frustrating in my car. Like, I feel like half the time, like, it just doesn't work. Like, and I think it's probably gotten better with like newer cars, but shit, even Kennens, we were, sure. we were coming back one day and. It took him restarting his car a couple times just for CarPlay to work, and it's like, what's up with these wireless standards where they just suck? <laughs> Is CarPlay Bluetooth? <laughs> it's both. So newer cars have wireless CarPlay, but older cars had wireless wired CarPlay, which I'm a firm believer of just get wired CarPlay because it's going to work. Um, but yeah, it, a lot of the times, this used to happen in my Honda. You used to have to forget the phone and repair it like one out of every four times you start the car. Because it would, like, I don't know if there's an issue with, like, the codex for the, the things I'm trying to play or whatever, but sure. half the time it just either doesn't work or, like, in my BMW now, um, it'll just say unknown artist and not play any sound, but it'll show as playing on the device. So like, I'll, like, look at the device and it'll be playing stuff and showing that it has volume, but it won't go through. And it's just, <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a limitation of Bluetooth. I, um... I, yeah... I, I think the technology was, it was interesting when it came out, but I just, you know, I guess it definitely got its flaws. That's 100% for sure. Well, we're just in a weird spot now, especially with cars, because it's like, okay, so I have two options. I mean, they're going to use Bluetooth, or I'm going to plug into a 3.5 millimeter jack, but you took the 3.5 <laughs> millimeter jack off the phone. So, right. And I don't really want to have to have charging and audio coming out of my phone in the car because I don't know. I'm one of those people, like, I know some people can have like their radar detector and all these things, and there's four billion wires in their car, but I'm good on all that. <laughs> radar detector. What's up, 1996? <laughs> I'll have you know, I didn't even know the, I thought That's those awful. things were like mad illegal. And then our friend Christian who you know, but I'm going to refer to him as our yeah, friend Christian yeah. because everyone else doesn't know him. Um, he got one, and I was like, is that like a thing? And ever since he got one, like I've just seen everyone in the world in the car like with a radar detector. And I'm like, you drive oh, a 175-horsepower Civic. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you worried about? That's funny. Oh, yeah, that's... Uh... Yeah, it's one of those things. Definitely was popular back in the day. The ones that were really fun were the ones that were not just radar detectors, but were like the radar, I can't remember what the technical term is, but they basically blasted out a signal. Oh, the jammers? That would make, yeah, the jammers are like, they would make it look like you're going, you know, some ridiculous speed, just send <laughs> some random numbers back at it and stuff. There's all kinds of crap like that. Yeah, I was going through a list but, of uh, illegal car tech 
like things that you can like let people put on your cars that are super illegal. They have these little reflector pads right. that you put on the back of your car and like they reflect right. light at like yeah. exponential rates. They're super illegal because if someone pulls up close to you, like it's going to like damn near blind them. Like right. <laughs> and uh I found them on uh I found them on DHK, the popular China wholesale website. And I was like, mm, Oh yeah. Okay. DHK. Yeah. That's Forgot a, about all that. That's like my favorite place to. I get like mad stuff on China wholesale sites because, like, what? I'm gonna go to Walmart and I'm gonna buy the exact same thing for twenty dollars more. You miss me with that? Pretty funny. Have you guys? Okay, I have yeah. this question for you guys. Have you guys experienced this with Amazon, where Amazon has became has become far less useful in like the past couple of years because all it is is drop shipped China it, packages. Like that's all it is. Pretty much, yeah. It's it's all, yeah. I've had lots of that's. I would say why their quality has been, you know, slowly dwindling over the course of the last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, is because of that very reason. Because it's basically like trying to be another Alibaba. Yeah, because um, which it, Alibaba? When you said DHgate, I was thinking about Alibaba. You know, yeah. so, um, and that that's like you know super huge over there in China, and Amazon is kind of dwarfed in comparison, even though they're so massive here in the U S but, um, yeah, I mean, Amazon, you know, the minute they started letting pretty much anybody just create business on their site, on their platform, you know, you can, you're not, you know, you don't have people creating things here in the country necessarily to sell online on that site. A lot of it just gets sourced from overseas. And even if you are like some sort of legitimate business, you're still like sourcing from China, right? Like or Mexico sure. or wherever. Like that's what you do. So I'm not even as mad at people that source their products in China because like that's just kind of like standard practice. Like you're gonna do that if you're building like a small electronic or whatever. You're gonna do that, but it's when like yeah. like if you go to type in like I want a USB C adapter, you're gonna get uh, <laughs> about 400 search results of USB. And they're tube. all gonna be dog shit. And they, yeah, they're gonna be like USB two, but with a C connector, and it's all these, and, and it's all drop shipping. And for anyone listening who doesn't know, that's essentially like if I started a Amazon web page, and I wanted to sell phone cases, but I don't have those phone cases. Like they're not sitting in a box in my room, and I'm waiting to ship them. What I do is every time I get an order for a phone case, I put that order into a Chinese supplier and ship that pack to their house so you're really just a middleman right. between wholesale supplier and buyer and like amazon and ebay have been like riddled with like these drop shipping pages and it's made it legitimately hard to find like good products i found myself going on walmart.com recently to buy things because mm-hmm. it's easier to filter through the, the bullshit yep um, yep and that's that's gonna i think that's what's gonna be a lot of amazon uh, risk or, or threats uh, going forward is going to be a lot of that. You know, a lot of people are going to start migrating over to um, Walmart because, like, Walmart has a new membership subscription thing, just, you know, basically trying to compete with Amazon Prime. Like, I think it's called Walmart Plus or something like that. Yeah, it's. Yeah, and basically, is that it? Yep. So, so basically, they're, you know, Walmart's. I don't know how, what their strategy is, honestly. They may be focused more on American-made stuff, though, right? Like, that's kind of what you think when you think Walmart, although it's not really true. But, you know, at least for the initial, they might see a boon of, you know, an influx of customers and, and revenue um, coming in just because they might focus just more on American goods. Wow. And, you know, I, I like China's, like, I, I like the idea of, like, using China's, um, manufacturing and concepts but the problem is just the ex- the execution is poor right like the, yeah. the quality is just not there and that's that's been the case for like a decade or two yep i would say like everything that's come from there can be hit or miss no i fully agree. and that's why you get twenty thousand usb c charges that are yep. <laughs> no good <laughs> you know I just wish, so. like, because it wouldn't be the worst thing ever if there was another country that was just manufacturing things, like you said. It's just a matter of, like, everything sucks. And, like, what's the point? Like, it, right. it honestly gets to the point where it's like, if I see something, like, when I go on eBay, I filter from coming from the U.S. because I've been burnt so many times with either fake replica products or, yep. like, 
products that like are maybe the right thing, but they just make them so poorly that it's not even worth saving the extra money. Like it gets to a point where right. I could totally see where that would be frustrating to the end user. And speaking to Walmart, I think I read an interesting thing about Walmart saying that uh, they're trying to take the position of like your neighborhood Amazon, which is really funny because it used to be that you thought of Walmart as the evil big corporation. But now that we have yeah. the Amazon, like that kind of dwarfs them. Like it's like, yep. who's really looking at Walmart when Amazon exists? And I think Walmart's going to be able to do very well off of that. They'll just be able to be like, hey, nah, but we're like, we're the U.S. Amazon. We ca- we care about our community. We've only been <laughs> ravaging it for twenty plus years. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I'll tell you the stock. Know. I mean, up. I think who's Walmart's, Walmart. Walmart's soared on the first. Oh, did it? Yeah, it went up. I didn't, from, I didn't see that. It's been at like one thirty for like a hot minute through coronavirus, and it went up to one forty-seven. Oh wow, well, that's good. Investors like that. Investors like that cloud-based solution. I mean, you look at who's gone up in this coronavirus time. It's like been what? Like Amazon's gone up. Uh, Tesla's gone up massively. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> that one's just a bit ridiculous to me. Oh, and they're splitting their stock. Yeah, I know they did um, it. Uh, Tesla like and Apple. Quarter one. Did they already do it? Yep, okay. Tesla and Apple I, split. I clearly. Um, right around the same time that Robinhood started letting you buy fractional shares. Which has been a shit no, show. Really? Um, <laughs> it's been really funny to watch. Um, That's hilarious. But yeah, like Robinson. Apple and Tesla dropped around. I don't know exactly the number, but it was somewhere between four and five hundred. And uh, a lot of people were like, "Ooh, it went down. I should buy it." Not realizing it had split, and it. I wouldn't. It didn't tank, but it significantly <laughs> dropped yesterday, and a lot of people got like didn't know what they were doing, and were like, "I can buy fractional shares. Give me everything. <laughs> I'm gonna lose it all." <laughs> oh my god! It was like watching the general public be Wall Street bets. Like it was, it was, it was great. You gotta explain what Wall Street Bets is now so, that you brought it up. There's a popular forum site um, <laughs> called Reddit, which has different things called subreddit subreddits, which are different categories. And most of the time, they're pretty like normal, just like niche things. Like I'm sure there's an investing one, and I'm sure there's car ones, and there's all sorts of things. But there's one called Wall Street Bets, which is like degenerate stocks. Like so, it's a it's a bunch of people that the best part about it is it really is most of those people have made a lot of money. So it's like really, it's a mix. Uh, I wouldn't say most. Are you sure? A good most? amount of them have made enough money that it's funny that they sit there and make jokes because it's a mixture. I mean, obviously, there's going to be it's a free site, so there's going to be a bunch of people that don't know anything. But like, there's enough right. people on there that know what's going on making like little shit posts and make, making fun of it, that it, it skews a bunch of people's <laughs> opinions that don't know what's going on. And it's this amazing phenomenon of watching people like take something <laughs> as in- completely stupid about investing, like, which is so important <laughs> and like, intense. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause like they've been known to like pump I, stocks as jokes and oh, like, yeah. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. They're going to get the SEC to investigate if they haven't already. Um, you know, it is, it's, it's a comedy site for me. I, I think it's hilarious. Pretty, it's not, not safe for work and not safe for kids. For sure, yes. <laughs> Just for anyone listening. Not safe for life. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, it's, you know, unless you're gambling away your entire life savings on some puts and calls. <laughs> in the you know the advice of goofballs on wall street bets you know that's kind of a thing i can't believe we're talking about this by the way we're talking about wall street bets on yeah podcast. i'm after Where this is. i'm about to go buy some spy calls <laughs> yeah you are buy buy 420 do we know if uh <laughs> do we know if walmart uses aws because that'd be kind of ironic um i don't know i'm guessing they do I, would, I don't think Walmart's in the cloud game, but I have, really have no idea. Um, I think it would yeah, be. I'm not sure. Who else? Do we even who else like it, it offers that? Like I know, like like AWS. Oh, like who, who offers like a competitive product? Like to AWS? Um, yeah. 
the biggest the biggest competitor to AWS right now is uh, Azure. I was just actually looking at that earlier today. Um, Microsoft, uh, their cloud platform. And then let me see if I can pull that page. I think I still have it up. And then there's uh, Google Cloud as well. But Google's, Google's primary source of income is ads, you know. So we were talking about that earlier too. Just basically, you know, you're not going to have um, – as much with Google, uh, as much to, uh, development with Google, I should say. Yeah. Uh, in comparison with some of the other ones, uh, especially with uh, at, uh, Amazon and Microsoft. Um, not to say those companies are perfect at all, but they definitely seem to develop some of what they're doing a little bit better than Google does. Well, I mean, um, based yeah. on my for, experience, but for anybody who listening that's not like a tech nerd and wants an, an, an analogy, like let's imagine you have a company or any sort of, or you're selling something and you sell toothbrush and toothpaste. And when you sell, you make 66% of your revenue selling toothpaste. You are going to care significantly less about those toothbrushes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so that's the case. Google (laughs) makes so much off of the information game and the ad game and stealing our identities and selling them to China that they're able to not care about their Chromebooks as much. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. I love throwing Um, shade at Google. Yeah. Google's made me so mad lately that I don't mind at all. I, I mean, I think that they, you know, they may be, intending to try some of the people there of course are, are good people i'm not trying to discount all of them but the entire premise of google is uh in my opinion pretty terrible <laughs> so, i don't like it no um, i call think... me it call me a jerk <laughs> and it sucks because like honestly they probably wouldn't even be that bad if they just were like open about what they really were doing and like like hey we're an advertising company that happens to make some hardware like there's nothing intent like in like wrong with that no. i don't know like whatever no, there's nothing wrong with but it. it's like you sell all these services and these products like they're these right. business solutions and then they're complete and utter child's toys it's like all right right well thanks i guess and it looks like and it looks like it too it yep. looks like fisher price and they Crap. and they and they um, win cuz like yeah i mean it makes sense we were talking about with uh like some of the pricing with computers going up like if I can go get a Chromebook for two hundred dollars for my staff versus buying a last right. generation right. underperforming Intel rig, like right. I could see. I'm not saying I would make that choice because I am fortunately informed, but I could see how somebody who wasn't <laughs> as informed would be like, "Yeah, why would I? What? what I could save six hundred dollars per. Yeah, I'm gonna get right. that." But right, just find and out, it, and it works, right? Like yeah, I. I think there's a use case for stuff like that. And that was kind of, you know, I think it's, um, it's good for the public to have different options, of course. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, they, it's really designed for grandma, not to, you know, not to, you know, speak ill about the elderly or anything like that, but it's designed for people with very low tech skills, you know, <laughs> thank you, Daniel. That was an that. accident. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was not on purpose. I sure was, yeah. <laughs> Just own it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, pardon me, but, you know, this is time for people with low-tech skills, and it's basically like a bootable web browser, right? Like, that's all a Chromebook really is. Yep. Um, there's nothing really to it, and everything is done in the, in the cloud and the web. And so that's, you know, there's a use case for people that are, you know, low tech skills or like, you know, I can see some of it in education maybe, but Google, I just don't trust as a, um, <laughs> I look at them like a, the Demogorgon from Stranger Things, <laughs> you know, it's like you guys are just literally siphoning off the data of everyone around you and, you know, everyone that signs up for your services. So I'm not a huge fan of their of what they have to offer. I think the idea of a Chromebook is cool, but I don't like the company that's providing it. I think, you know, yeah. we could probably do better I using think... open source or something else in our, especially in our education system. For like grandma and grandpa, fine, whatever, who cares? It's, you know, that's kind of one of the, at that stage, it's like, it doesn't really matter. They just basically need to surf the web and get on Facebook, which is another evil corporation, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> like whatever. Well, I mean, as long as it's, 
I don't think it's a problem in the consumer space at all because it's like whatever they're not depending on that machine to make a money or whatever they're getting right. a machine if it turns out being not the one they want they could have done more research oh well but like right the marketing that Google runs for schools and for businesses that they have this like powerful solution like it's not yep. it's just simply not and even like like right now like I have a G Suite account under my website through Squarespace because they offered me a year for free and I was like why not um but let's say for some reason like I needed to add a bunch of people like they don't make it it's not easy to like expand or anything it's like you got to go find someone right. and then get them to sign up but then that partner probably has to go sign up with another partner <laughs> to get more and it's like what's even the point at that like I, I could just go get my email services from a good company and like yep. not deal with yep. all that yep you can get hosted exchange I mean for the love of God you don't even have to I think you can buy that as a service now yep. um, you know we we could technically I think offer it as a service through one of our providers but you know, I, whatever I don't really care but basically it's just you know it's one of those things where you can't, there's so many options nowadays and people will go with the easiest one. Um, and that's kind of a, that's why they go Google, yeah. right? Like that's, that's basically it. Yeah. It just, uh, just drives me, it drives me nuts because, you know, I, they really have cornered the market with their search and got so much money that they started doing these other things to try and keep people engaged and make their search more pervasive and, you know, do targeted advertising, even in freaking Gmail. Like the day I remember the day they rolled that feature out, it was like, Hey, new feature. They were all excited about it. And I was like, wow, that really makes me pissed off at you guys. I think I'll stop using your product. Yeah, no, that, you know? was, like, that was when I, I stopped using it. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't want to look I, at ads. I don't know why I kept it. I don't know why I kept it, but I kept it. I still so. use Gmail as a G as a provider, but I refuse to go on to Gmail. Like I won't do it. Right. Like I, I, I yeah. I'll sync it with my Apple Mail. I'll sync it with Outlook if I need to. Like I'll do about anything. But like I'm not gonna look at that terrible web interface that looks like it's from 2004, lathered with ads that I don't <laughs> care about. I love your. I love that you have an opinion. It's awesome. <laughs> That's great. Well, because like I was. Talking, I completely agree. I just. Good. I was talking right. to Austin about it earlier. Like, I don't really like. We're both similar, and like a lot of the things we do, like there's no ads in it. Cause like, I'm either like I personally pay for YouTube Premium, so I don't have ads there. Netflix doesn't have Google ads. Product. Google products, by the way. Just kidding. Just have to call that out. No, for sure. <laughs> um, it's one of the few things that they that. Not even because honestly, it sucks. Cause I loved YouTube for so long, and then Google bought it, and it immediately got worse. Like it immediately got 10 yeah. times worse. Yeah. Um, but there, what else? There's no other, what am I going to go look at videos on Vimeo? No, not doing that. It's not going to happen. So, right. but right. it's, it's like the only place that we really see ads is on like Hulu. But then that also sure. extends to like when I open up like a Gmail or whatever. And what's, what, what, what that's done to me is ads are far more like, invasive to me because I'm not seeing them all the time. Like I see the ones on like, you know, you drive down 465, see a billboard, whatever, but like, I'm not necessarily looking at internet ads all day. So I don't see a lot of targeted advertisements. I don't go on Instagram. I don't go on Facebook and look at like the feed. I look at the marketplace. I'm never seeing it. So when I get push stuff, it like infuriates me. Like I get so <laughs> pissed if I want to open my email and send something important and I got to look at, four different offers from Papa John's to eat their mid pizza that nobody likes. <laughs> just really gets me. You don't like Papa John's? I hate Papa John's. I got beef with the John's. I don't blame you. I get it. I get it. I used to eat it all the time. I used to like that place. Same. So. It was my yeah. go-to as a kid. And then yeah. I learned what like a real New York slice was. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm never eating that again. <laughs> I had to eat it all the time. It's uh, in my jeans. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, oh, anyways, yeah, that's that's good stuff. I yeah, I don't know. Google's Google's not my fave. 
Uh, Facebook's not my favorite. Those are basically advertising companies. I mean, you know, you're the product. They're free services, quote unquote, but you pay for it with your data. Yep. So that's just, you know, there's been enough people that have watched a Netflix document documentary about uh, the whole, you know, uh, what was that? Was it the Trump story? I can't remember which one that was. I've watched so many now. Um, the Netflix did about the uh, persuadables and persuadable people that, you know, could be persuaded to vote one way or another. So yep. that whole Cambridge Analytica thing and all that. And talking about how data is the most, you know, valuable, um, not resource, I guess, resource, whatever out there, you know, I mean, more valuable to than some oil. extent, it's a tangible well, good as much as like a, yeah, file. I mean, it's true. It's, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, we use all these. I mean, I'm guilty of using them too. Don't get me wrong. Like we use all these services, LinkedIn, Facebook, Although LinkedIn is a little bit different. LinkedIn, you do have, you know, paid plans on that. But I mean, Facebook is pure, just advertising dollars runs that platform. Um, Google the same way, just advertising. That's what run those. I mean, Microsoft and Apple both have some, I think, I don't know about Apple if they have any advertising. Well, Microsoft is LinkedIn. Yeah, no, I know. I, but they have, um, paid versions of that, like the yeah, sales navigator yep, yep. and like LinkedIn premium. Um, so there's like a paid part of that and they do harvest your data. I don't think they're innocent of not, you know, doing that, but, but, uh, I don't think Apple does it. That's I was trying to figure that out. Like, does Apple do that? I know they probably harvest user data just for their own sake. Yeah. For it's for their party. own. So if we go off what they say, and I want to make things very clear to everyone, I don't believe anything anyone says about this but if we go off what apple says apple's probably the best about it because apple does harvest the data but the data is one locked to a physical thing on the device and two it's not used for marketing purposes to my knowledge they might use it to market apple products and services to you but that's i don't think anyone's gonna have a big problem with that but like you won't see you don't get targeted ads on uh on apple products for the most part um and they just they just don't seem to have a big I think they've built a reputation on kind of taking care of our data a little bit more and so they're they're way more skittish about what they do and who they do it with and how and just security right. in general I mean when they came out with that T2 yeah. chip that basically locks the computer if there's an issue like that was big and it stops even Apple people from being able to get some of the information off the device like I know they had an issue where Siri was recording. They were recording. So every uh, sorry, if you enable Siri, it's it, it pretty much is recording you. You you've you have enabled that. But it was like an <laughs> it was like recording for too long, and it was being sure it was in like a repository that like Apple employees could like get to. And I remember that was a problem. But they always fix it like really swiftly. So like I'm not gonna say that Apple's good about it or like great or just a benevolent organization, but they certainly seem to go like the <laughs> extra mile to pretend to care, which I like that. I'll, I'll take pretending to care. Right. Yeah. 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 I I don't have any much problem with Apple really. I have a little bit of it, but not much. I mean, I, I have a little bit of it just in the standpoint that they're. Um, you know, they're another big tech company that does definitely does harvest things. I mean, let's not kid ourselves, but they seem to be pretty good about not using that against you. And I feel like the other ones, we don't really know what they're going to do with it. And we don't really know who they sell it to or yeah, what other f- government. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. I don't with. feel but, like, you know, Apple's probably not giving our data to Russia as much. Like, right. And that alone is like worth a lot. Like if Apple wants to give my data to BMW or to Bridgestone tires so I can figure it out, like whatever. But like a lot of like Google, <laughs> Google's really tied in with China and Facebook has had some issues with right. Russia, like that kind of stuff. Like that's where you start getting into like where I get uncomfortable. Cause truth be told, like I think most of us, we don't really care if you're trying to advertise to us, like whatever. I think we'll be fine. Like, no, I mean, that's, that's common. But it, in my opinion but a lot of these companies like your facebook's and your and even microsoft's been a little bit guilty of this like being able to skew the american public and influence things in general i won't even say just politics doesn't influence anything it's like that's a scary a scary hill because like okay like 
our best interest probably. Yeah. Russia doesn't really have our best interests. Like China doesn't really have our best interests. And now <laughs> no. the tech companies don't really have our best interests. So it's like, okay, no, right. where's yeah. our, where, who is protecting our interests at that point? And I think that's the, the thing that we'll have to tackle in the, in the coming future is figuring out like who's going to have the vested interests of the people. Cause right now it's like all yeah. of our, all of our most valuable resource of our data that to some extent we should probably have some stake in. It's just being taken and used and weaponized in different ways, and so it's up to sure. it's up yeah. to I don't know who exactly it's up to, but we got to figure out something eventually. <laughs> I like it. No, I agree. I, I'm, I'm only chuckling because it's you know it's something that um it's kind of music to my ears is all I, I'm thinking, but it's definitely hard to it's definitely going to be an uphill battle, right? Like we're not going to be there, so it's it's something that people should be aware of and bug your <laughs> your representatives about yeah urge um, people to care and also good luck <laughs> or give a crap well, right also, like that's well, the problem is you know, like it goes into bigger deeper thoughts for me like about how um how we definitely at this point are so integrated with technology that we should not be you know discounting that in any way as a society anymore like as an individual you can't like ignore technology it's beyond that point now yeah right like there's no way that you can even really function anymore i mean you can i mean you can be like my mom and dad i don't know i probably said this before but whatever can use a checkbook to pay for their groceries <laughs> in the line <laughs> hold up the line and doing shit like that it's funny to me Oh, I love it. But, you know, I mean, you can do that, but like, who does that really? Yeah. I mean, there's not, you know, I'm like, you know, I don't know. There's probably plenty of people that do. And I, I, maybe I'm glossing over that fact a little too much, but I just feel like at this point, you know, technology is so pervasive that it's going to be a part of our lives. And if that's the case, you don't have the option really of like ignoring it anymore, you know, because now you're being, your face being recorded in a, an airport as you walk through and they're running your facial, you know, characteristics against databases automatically, you know, and that may not be happening in every airport, but you know, in some of the major hubs, it probably is right. Yeah. Like that's probably part of part of life now. And there's nothing you can really do to get away from that. You wear a mask, I guess. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's why I've seen some people do that. But you know, there's all those kinds of things. And if technology is that pervasive, it's kind of like going back to like even what we do as a company. It's you know, we're you can't function without technology. Yep. It doesn't work. The phone doesn't ring because it's an internet-based phone. You're screwed. And even if it's not, you know, you you can't function without that. Yep. And nowadays, most businesses have multiple. Um systems on one network you know it's converged so phones computers faxing you know um smart devices stuff like that all those things are all piled on this, these networks and no one's managing them yep. right the network or the device and that's where we come in it's like well we can do that for you guys because that's our function so that's what i you know that's what i pride ourselves on but but that's kind of the, the thing now, you know, people cannot get away with just saying, oh, screw it. <laughs> like, well, I don't care about yeah, this. You know, a, like you, you have to care. It's, it's reality. On a business level, you're going to lose revenue. But on a personal level, you're legitimately like stopping the progress as people of the human race by not embracing technology to some extent or saying like, oh, I'm above that or I don't know. Yeah. I've lived this long without it. I don't need it. It's like, OK, well, that's great. And I understand that. And I even understand being apprehensive to it. But it's like, this is the way the world works. And all these companies are still... One of the reasons why we don't have as much... Uh, why we're not going forward at a rate that we could. Not saying that we're not going fast enough because things move pretty quick. Um, is yeah. that companies still have to put out headphone dongles. And they still have to support right. stuff from 1963. <laughs> and if they didn't have to waste all their time making sure that you could still run Windows 7, maybe they could put out a good version of the new stuff. But it, 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 that's always been my beef is like, as soon as you shun away technology, you've officially stifled growth for like a bunch of people. It's not just a you thing. Like right. You almost, it's almost like to some extent, like like a human obligation to like, change with the times not to the t because not everyone's gonna 
embrace everything and I don't expect everyone to embrace everything. But like right. something as basic as we use the internet to function as humans now. Like that is just a universal mm-hmm. thing. And like if you can't accept that or get into it, you are now you are now a part of a problem to some extent. And it might not be the biggest problem and you don't need I'm not saying people need to be put in cages or jailed because they didn't use the new iPhone, but like, you know, think about it past I don't want to or it's not fun or whatever. Um <laughs> think right. about it on a personal level, like are you going to be a employable human being in 10 years if you aren't learning anything about tech and every single business is relying on tech? Yep. Like that's going to matter eventually. And I, I really feel eventually. for people like I'm lucky that my parents are old enough that it probably won't affect them. Cause they'll probably be retired. Oh, I would hope they're retired by then. But like right. for like the, you know, I, I, it, this isn't applicable to you because, well, you own a tech company and you know about tech. But, <laughs> like, people your age that don't know, if we if we did get lot. into a situation where you lose that job and now you're trying yeah. to get another job and they, they're they not going to find a job that doesn't want you to have tech skills. <laughs> right. Like, it's going to, it's, it's right. necessary. Um, right. And that's, that's kind of, the, that's part of the way the entire planet's going to go, no matter whether you know, you like it or not listening, thinking it's something to resist. I mean, it's a tidal wave. You're not going to stop it. And you might as well just accept it and move on and try and figure out how you fit into it. Yeah. That um, process has been in motion. That's not something yeah, you can stop I mean, anymore. We we're past no, stopping no. that. Yeah. It's not, it's never going to end. It's only going to get more pervasive. We we're just now seeing the, the real, uh, true application of smart devices becoming, you know, more, um, common I'll say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm walking around here. We, we moved down here to Florida, like you mentioned about a month ago. And, um, basically all the new builds have, for example, ring doorbell, you know, smart door doorbells yep. and Alexa devices within and probably through some, I'm guessing partnership with Amazon, um, to roll these things out, but you know, we're, we're staying in a condo until our house is built right now. And, um, the condo, every single unit has it, every single unit in this building. So think about like maybe call it 50 units in this one building, probably, you know, three, 400 on site in total. And this thing has a smart device at every single one. And it's like, who's managing that is the first thing that comes to my mind because we're a managed service provider. But, you know, the other thing is, you know, can you imagine the amount of like, um, people that just don't even know yeah. how to, how to do that, yeah. how to manage it. Yep. So it kind of goes to point number one, but it's like, you know, if you think about that, it's just, that's in residences now. And we didn't have that five years ago. Like that was, that was not a pervasive thing. Um, it wasn't common. And now it's like everywhere I turn, I see that. And, you know, I walk through the, there's a kind of central clubhouse thing with the pool and all that. Right. So going over there and taking my daughter to swim and wherever the other day, and I'm looking around going, Oh wow. This literally has, they have like, you know, the, they have the traditional old school cards, like the RFID readers. Yeah. But like all these card readers and door access controls everywhere, security cameras throughout the thing. And this is an open, open air, you know, building with a roof on it, but it's got like, it's open to the winds and weather and whatnot yep. um, within. And, you know, I can't even get to the gym section without swiping or going to the pool section without swiping or do, you know, and I know those that that's been more common, like, or like key fobs and stuff like that have been around for like 20 years or something, but they're now getting to the point where it's super common. Whereas it used to be, you know, back 20 years ago, probably very expensive to install. Yeah. I mean, and I know like other, other multifamily type scenarios are looking at, you know, technology providers to assist them now with, um, door access controls that are, electronic there's no longer like a key you give somebody it's literally an app you download on a, on a phone on android or an iphone and you get your credentials from the leasing office and then you just walk up and yep. swipe your phone or 
or hit a button on your phone, you know, like a tap the app and click open or click unlock and it unlocks the door. Yep. And that's, that's going to be the thing that's going to be very commonplace. So whether or not we like it, like said, as humans or not, I mean, that's just, that's just common. And, and then you've got the 5g thing, you know, the whole 5g cellular, when that actually hits the market and becomes very commercialized, I'm curious to see how fast technology starts to really move then, because I think it's going to move at a very, at a much more rapid pace than it even is now. Yeah. Um, with the, with the ability to have, no latency essentially and just insane amounts of speed uh, on a network where you can slap a device that takes a you know small lithium ion battery and is connected to the 5g network and can constantly just like you know handle anything you throw at it yeah we're getting to the point now where you don't even need wires crazy how long is it <laughs> until not- you're not ordering Dell Optiplexes and instead you're getting a subscription platform for all your people that have credentials to log into a remote station. Right. Right. You still have to have something to to use to log into that, but it would sure, but you're on the right, I think you're on the right track anyway, in my opinion, because you know, you could bring whatever device, right? At that point. What could be a raspberry? You You could incorporate a raspberry Pi into a monitor and, and literally have a full blown workstation at that point. If you can get the latency down and you can get it to be usable, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's way easier to seed everybody that than it is to, you know, and if we're going to have global pandemics and work from home scenarios, work from home strategies now definitely been proven with this global pandemic thing in America, I would say, I mean, that's, that's pretty proven model now. And, you know, to your point, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's you know you don't need to have people come into an office and do that anymore. They can stay at home, and not that I think every every scenario should be that, but that's a personal opinion. But there's you know obviously plenty of jobs where you can do that now, and you're totally right. Just giving them a small thin client device where they can just open a web browser up and or download a very thin app you know, in a Unix-based system or a Linux-based system, like a Raspberry Pi or a Windows or whatever, fire that up and go. <laughs> you know? And then next thing you know, it's like you're doing everything there. I, You know, I've played around with that. Amazon has their workspaces. Yep. And Microsoft Azure has their um, remote, I think it's, I can't remember, virtual desktops, I think is what they call it. I can't remember the technical name they use. But um, both are, I've ch- tested both, and they actually work really well. Um it's a little different. They they definitely restrict some things on on there that I think are a little funny, but probably for legal reasons. Yeah, you know. Um, but they they you could use that literally as your daily driver if you wanted to, and just use the power of the cloud to you know browse the web, yep. do your Excel spreadsheets or whatever. Um, not sure how I feel about using that for like you know browsing my my banking information and somebody else's computer is kind of what, you know what I mean? It gets old school guy like me, a little bit of the heebie jeebies thinking of it's like using a library computer. It's like, "Eh, I don't know about that, but it's technically not because it's your dedicated space. So it's kind of, it's not really the same thing as using a library computer. It is dedicated to you. So, well, Um, but it's interesting. I have a question that, I, I know the answer to it, really, but I think it'll be interesting to speak to it. Um, sure. As, so, like, my girlfriend's mom just bought a house, and it was a smart home, like you said, they're building it. And, like, on all these communities, I've seen other apartment communities have rings or Google doorbells or whatever the hell they want to call it. Um, yeah. yeah. How do they deal with, like, there's a bunch of, like, like personal identifiable information or PII or whatever, like, you know, like now you got images <laughs> right. of me and my kids. Now you got images of what if I, right. what if I'm like doing something that may be risque against the law or whatever, but I'm doing it in the, in my own home. And like, where does the boundaries go? How much does law enforcement get access to what's going on on these cameras? Like who, one, I guess my question is who decides, like, it, are there regulations saying like yet? Cause I would, it's new enough. Like, are there even regulations saying like where that data is going to like, if I was a company and I'm freaked out because I'm thinking like, okay, I got all these images of kids, like people's kids and <clears throat> the, the buses that they get on and all sorts right. of stuff. Like yep. what could I do? I don't know. Like what, what would, what in your opinion, what would be the best plan of action? 
like to take? Like, would it be like having a server to lock, that's completely locked down? Because I know a lot of places like they don't even really lock down their stuff the way they really should completely. Um, so, like, how do we well, do that? Is a question is a question how to how to avoid it or how to manage it? Because two different questions and the answers are vastly different, right? My in my opinion, how to avoid it is to not use any of that stuff at all. Yes. Right. Like just get rid. Just don't even stick on a lock and key. Like yep. don't touch anything as long for as long as you can on a personal level. You know that's where you can you can control your own destiny and your own environment. Obviously, right? It's mm-hmm. Free country. But from a management standpoint, um, use an open source automation system and don't use commercial based products where you're signing into a Google ha- uh, Google account or a you know whatever Amazon Microsoft whatever account yeah. and and just stay with the open source. Um, there's, there's a lot of like cool little open source projects around, uh, smart homes and home automation that you can basically buy like sensors online, um, from Amazon, <laughs> you know, might, might be sourcing from China <laughs> to our previous conversation on this podcast, but basically you get them all and you can integrate all that stuff through like kind of like a Raspberry Pi. Um, so it's not for the, the, this is not something I recommend for people that don't have a little bit of technology, um, uh, not expertise. I'm trying to think of, but just some some background in it, right? Yeah. Like it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit daunting to your average everyday uh, user. But you get like a Raspberry Pi, you put it together, you put the Pi operating system on, or whatever OS that you know comes with these that these smart automation packages have, or you install that application on the Raspberry Pi, and then you can add sensors to it and put the sensors in your home and stuff like that. And then you control that locally and you basically put it behind a decent little, you know, firewall and gateway and don't let any internet access to it at all. And then it keeps, you know, keep, keep it actually not just that the FBI actually recommended years ago that you use like three gateways, I think, and one in your home environment. So you can have like your, your edge your primary you know, router where your internet connection comes in. And then behind that, you have one router that goes to all your IOT devices <laughs> and the other goes to all your regular computer network devices. And that was actually the recommendation, like I said, a few years ago, because IOT devices were using a lot of botnet attacks. And so they recommended that because you're basically putting a firewall in that environment between your, your IOT devices and your regular computers. Yeah. And, they, you know, if you're using your regular computers to do banking and stuff, you don't want some sort of man-in-the-middle attack where they are, you know, gathering your bank credentials. So you put three routers on your network, and then, you know, like I said, the one is your primary, usually is your ISP's gateway. And then you just put an Ethernet to one router and put everything behind a wireless access with your IoT devices on that and a separate Ethernet cable from a different port in your other router for your network and all your servers and network and stuff. Yeah, I actually did that for a while, but I kind of got away from it because we just didn't really have any IoT devices to worry about anymore. I mean, we do have some smart, like a couple smart TVs, and that was about it. And I yeah. maybe we'll do it for that eventually. But um, you know, I use some commercial grade networking monitoring software for even my home environment, so I'm not, I'm, I'm the the anomaly, right? You and me are probably Austin are probably the anomaly, so <laughs> we're not the yeah, normal for sure. everyday yeah. user at all. Yeah, but of course. That's what we do. Because so, I can um, see like, like a conflict coming where like, you know, do how much yeah. do you trust your apartment community to manage pictures of your kid getting on a bus? Right. And and you should. And my answer is you shouldn't. Yeah. And I, I'm not trying to belittle or discredit other entities or people. It's just that there's legitimately, I know how business works and there's not enough time in the day to really worry about that until somebody's you know, there's a decent automated system that can kind of manage that for you. I, I just, you know, you're not, I wouldn't trust anybody, Daniel. I'm like you. <laughs> I don't trust anyone yeah. with that information. Now, for sure. also, for me personally, I also don't really care. Uh-huh. Um, like coming in out of this building, for example, I know that Ring is probably sending images of, you know, the motion detection engaging when we walk by the thing and it's sending images up to the cloud or whatever, right? Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, okay, you're watching us come and go, neat. 
know, uh, like, no, I, yeah, I, for I sure. To me, I don't care. And um, I, I feel the but, same way about that. Um, I want to put that out yeah. there for people to know. I'm not like Mister, like don't see me. Like I don't care. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> poising the question because I don't I'm trying think... to be like Batman. I want to hide in my back cave. Don't look <laughs> at me. You know, like. <laughs> well, Cause kind of Sorry. I, I could just see where someone would get like, you know, I don't feel like most people when they see like a ring's going to be in the apartment, like the, the only thought that goes through their head is, Oh, cool <clears> ring. <throat> like I get to use yeah, that. It doesn't matter. But like, yeah, I could see someone getting a little bit perturbed if mm-hmm. for some reason, like a clip of them maybe drinking and getting drunk on their balcony or something, and then someone comes and complains sure. to them, and they cite footage taken from their IoT device. Right. I could so, totally see where someone could get a little bit upset. None of that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And down here, I know that there's, and I don't know Florida law very well, so I don't want to sound like an ex, like I know everything at all here. I know that from owning a, a rental property down here that you're not allowed to, um, might butcher this, but, I think it's like you're not allowed to um, put you know, video cameras internally inside. Mm-hmm. You can do it. I think you can do it outside. Um, and I actually thought about that because our, our rental property faces like a, a waterway where I'd like to get, you know, see the dolphins and manatee in the, in the image yeah. in the camera. And I thought about doing that for a while. And I think we even talked about that, but I, you know, my wife, when I started doing it, we were trying to find a path was one thing just getting it installed was kind of a going to be a bit of a pain in the butt and then um on top of that having the uh you know renters see that and go oh they have a camera out here you know it's yeah. kind of visible right there and you know it's like well how do you manage that and just you know, after thinking about it it's similar to kind of what you're saying it's like well maybe we just not do it for now and maybe I don't know. If we do it, we would need to put up a sign and make people aware that it's there. It doesn't record sound, so it's not yeah. like it's you know recording conversations or that. And it would be facing out in a way where you wouldn't even see anybody in it, mm-hmm. um, unless they were on a boat out in the waterway. And at that point, who cares? Because it's just a public thoroughfare. It doesn't even matter. So, um, but it's you know it is one of the things I know where there's some regulation that does exist. A lot of that came out like with Airbnb when they became popular and a lot of municipalities and states um, both had to get real serious about regulating what you could and couldn't do. And I know like down here in Florida, I think it's a state law. You can't use the the, uh, security cameras inside. You can do them on the entrances and stuff like that for sure, but you can't put them out in the the indoors for renters. Like they have a right to privacy there. Yeah, I know. It's, it's interesting. Airbnb, I think and I'm a, I'm a disclaimer. <clears throat> I don't know what I'm talking about now. So <laughs> yeah. don't, don't, we're talking out of our ass. Yeah, don't listen to, listen to me. Listen to us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think Airbnb used to not allow indoor security cameras, but they changed it to where they have to disclose them. So, like, if you go to an Airbnb, yeah, and you were not told that there is com- cameras, and then there are, like, I think you get your stay and it's free. I'm pretty sure. And the seller gets like pretty oh, heavily, wow. uh, not the seller, the, the, the owner. Yeah, they get pretty the, heavily the dealt owner, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because well, that was we actually had an issue with that when we stayed at an Airbnb in Colorado. Um, oh, really? I got like a text from the person about what we were doing, and we weren't doing anything bad. Uh, they they weren't even upset with us. It was literally just like, "Hey, I see you guys are enjoying the the patio." Why the hell are you telling me? <laughs> like, that is so weird. Like, I don't think we went to the patio for the rest of the time. Like, I don't really want to be like, because it's one thing if you see it and you know it's there. It's another thing that I know it's there sure. and I know you're looking at it. Like, and it was like a ring where they could hear you. And it's like, that is weird. That like, yeah. I'm going to go somewhere and I'm staying in your house and you could be listening to me. Like, you're going to spy on me. Yeah. Like, like, this don't just you a have better, better shit to do than to sit and listen to us talk? Like, come yeah, on. Hey, honestly, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I've, I used to be a like, big team Airbnb, but I'm going back to hotels. I think, I think I'm hotel gang now. I don't like a lot of the things I've experienced at Airbnbs with like, whether it be where they tell you they're not a part of the property. And then next thing you know, they live above you or like, where check-ins are weird and they send you to weird places. I just, I like going up to the person at the counter, 
getting my stupid little key card and going and sleeping in the bed. Calming and being uh, yeah. done. Yeah. Well, at, least you, at least that way you know what's going to happen. Uh-huh. Like, I know the vibe right. at a hotel. I don't necessarily know <laughs> what's going to happen at an Airbnb. And that's not, I mean, I do, I've had great times at Airbnbs. I love Airbnbs because it is fun to be able to go somewhere. Maybe it's because I'm just getting cheap Airbnbs. That has to be it. I'm just a brokey. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> is that what they call it? A brokey? Yeah, I'm a no, brokey. First on a budget. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, in reality, I just am smart and <laughs> don't waste yeah, all the money. <laughs> but I act like I'm broke. I love acting no, like funny. I'm broke. No. Yeah, it, it can be beneficial sometimes for sure. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of reg common, regulation coming. For sure. Um, like there's no way we're going to escape the the inevitable tide of technology, which means that you know, technology is kind of, it's interesting because it's kind of like the Wild West a little bit still. It's pretty open. You can do a lot with it. Um, yep. It's only in the past, you know, recent maybe I would say decade or so that it started getting some serious traction in the regulation regulated um, space. You know, people that actually make laws and GDPR is a prime example of that out of Europe. Yep. And um, you know, I think America, America eventually, it's just it's coming. You know, eventually you'll have a lot more scrutiny, a lot more regulation around it, and I actually kind of welcome it in a way. Yeah. Um. Because there's a lot of abuse, right? Like there's a lot of abuse, of abuse that goes on online. That's why we. That's part of the reason why we exist for business is to help, you know, keep with some of that web protection filtering and endpoint detection and protection, those kinds of things yeah. around your computers and servers and whatnot. And you know, if we had a more regulated type of um, approach, I think, you know, for particular industries, um, there there are some regulations that exist, but um, I think it's not enough. I think there's there's some need for like, you know, accounting, legal professions, insurance companies. I mean, they have their own kind of self regulation kind of thing that that goes on right now. But um, is it enough? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I, you know, HIPAA is enough. You know, or is it enough? You know, that's kind of those are the questions that I always ask. So, I think it's beneficial to just get a standardization along the board. Like, hey, you have to have this. This is the minimum that you have to right. protect your care. Yeah. And that way you, you know. can at least set it. And that way it can be at least a little bit monitored. I know the government's not going to be sitting around like, hey, are you? <laughs> Everyone, let's check everyone's yeah. workstations right now. One, I don't even think they have. <laughs> um, I don't, <laughs> they don't. They don't care. They don't much care. They they don't care and if they did care, yeah. they just do it inefficiently <laughs> and poorly. <laughs> right. Um, they care about us now. We're doing this podcast remotely. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> no, I, but one thing I will say is that. That is like the cap to like that. Honest to God, like everything that we talked about in this is that regulation is coming. Like, yeah. it's like the 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 the, the, the tone of this conversation it's- is a lot of like, like we know what we're talking about, and we still don't know a lot of this stuff because it's so unprecedented. I mean, most of the cases revolving technology in the last decade, like Josh talked about since it started, are completely unprecedented. That they don't every single time one of those is decided, it like sets like a major course of the world like every single time one of those happens so we're definitely nearing a point where regulations coming different rules are coming Uh, just just america's response to technology has it will eventually come yeah yep and yeah i think you should leave it that that's the i think that's the capstone comment there yeah i think i was gonna add more to it but that needs to stop We probably need to end this. Yeah, no, like, oh my god, you we've been going for an hour. <laughs> we're officially we've officially reached the hour mark. It's the first one in a while, though, so we got to catch up. Yeah, you it's know? also got to give everybody a content healthy dose. <laughs> it's a fun uh, return to form. We haven't talked about tech in this uh, this in this long form way in a, in a while. Uh uh-uh. Hasn't no, been hasn't been time. anything worth talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think we're starting to see the you know coronavirus is you know, losing its grip on humanity in the U.S., so to speak. Like, you know, you're seeing 14, 16% drops now in, like, you know, cases and that kind of thing. So I think people are getting back into the swing of, of reality. Yep. And the next couple of months will be, you know, pretty telling for that. But I think we'll get back to things. And 
that school has started, you know, things haven't been as bad as everyone thought it would be and that kind of thing. I don't think I, mean, yeah. I don't hear a whole hell of a lot about that, but if you it, know, as things get back to normal, we'll get back to normal. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and if, there's, if there's one thing you can count on, it's that we will still be here talking about something. <laughs> it, it yeah, might we'll not be tech, talking trash, but it'll be something. Right. It'll be trash at least. So. <laughs> well, good deal. well, I want to thank everyone for listening. And as always, you can always tune into yeah, more right. episodes at just looking up Burning Down the House on any of the things. House is H-A-U-S. Burning Down the House. It's available on German every spelling. DSP. Um, we have a Twitter again, which I believe is BDA, BDTH Pod. I'm going to have Austin look at that while Confirming. I talk about more things. Um, but if you look up Burning Down the House, you can find a Facebook page. You can find all sorts of things. You can also look up Fetzer Technology yeah. if you want to connect with us on a more real level and not hear me ramble. Yeah. I'll actually tell you the real things. Um, <laughs> yeah. For a price, though. Yeah, for, of course. Yeah. <laughs> for an IT consulting fee. It's Burning Down the House podcast. and then to keep our at- lights on. The at is burning house. We okay. switched it up a little bit. Okay, the at on Twitter burning is house, burning baby. house H A U S, and that is that is I all we're going to leave you with this week. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.